All right. Hey, welcome aboard. Uh, Mike Holmes here again. Today we're going to be spending some time, uh, just the two of us here, talking about uh, probably one of the most important outreach elements that we use in our church as far as effectiveness. Now, we hand out flyers and we've been door to door and we've done a lot of different things over the years, but one of the things that has helped us to connect with a young family and stick with that young family, bring them into the church and they'd stay a long time, uh, has been this uh, idea of these outreach day camps uh, that we're going to be covering here today. So um, we have uh, lots more resources on how to do these and and uh, the, the hows and whys and whats and a lot of detailed information uh, that you'll have access to. Um, but we want to, or at least really what I want to do right now, is just kind of sort of give you the, the bare-bone basics of uh, what these uh, actual events are and how they work. The word day camp is used in a variety of different ways, and so we tend to call these outreach day camps when we're talking about this. And I, I think it can best be explained um, through through our story, when we started our church uh, back in 2013 or 2007, uh, 13, 14, uh, f- yeah, quite a few years ago. <laughs> Don't do math on the air. Uh, let's see. Uh, yes, it's been 15 years anyway. Um, when we started our our church, we knew we wanted to be involved with camp stuff. I had done camps uh, my entire career. I'd spent all sorts of time uh, running different uh, Bible camps, being the speaker at Bible camps, uh, being the, like the camp director, the games guy, the counselor. I mean, uh, you know, formulating them, training guys to go out and run camps. Uh, through the Baptist Youth Mission, we have done, you know, literally dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of camps over the years, and uh, love doing that. So, when we started the church, camping was certainly going to be part of it because every church has some type of summer camp experience. And most of the camps that I had worked with, and perhaps you've worked with too, are more like what we would call like a week-long format where you drop the kids off and and uh, they're there for a whole week or, you know, five days, six days, and then you bring them back and hopefully they're a lot better. Uh, some of them you actually go with them. Some of them you drop them off and they have, you know, professional staff that is trained to work with them. And either of the, there's advantages and disadvantages to all of those. Um, but all of those, one thing they did have in common is they took a lot of commitment it took a lot of money. And when you're a church plant, and if you have a if if you're a church planter right now listening to me, or if you're the equivalent of a church plant, which means you don't have a lot of young families, um, then what you need to do is kind of shift your gears a little bit. And that's exactly what we did uh, to be able to still have the camping experience and kind of fulfill some of the stuff that we wanted to do we know that wilderness and doing stuff outside and you know play and exercise with kids you know getting them out of a building uh there's so many powerful things that come with that uh we knew that that was an important part of of how we wanted to minister and so thus the outreach day camps uh were born um i I wrote uh, i've got a lot of different notes here and again this is goes back to some of these things i've been teaching recently about the idea of uh, aiming at a demographic and this was a uh, the demographic is elementary age kids, and this is really from about kindergarten through about sixth grade is where you're going to get the highest amount of people who are flexible enough to be able to come to a uh, an outreach day camp, which is a kind of a one-day event, and we'll talk more about the details of, of what exactly that is. But um, the idea of, is reaching towards that particular camp and then, you know, having some, or that particular age, then having one singular 
day where you bring these kids together and you take them out on a uh, on an adventure. Uh, it's kind of like a giant field trip. I explain it in in some ways. So, but I'm getting just a, a little bit ahead of myself. One of the things that we talk about recently is the idea of what we call the second day experience. In other words, when someone comes and visits and they come to see you the second day, it is a a, a much more powerful than just a first time guest at a church. It's they've actually chosen, and there's longer time and all sorts of advantages because you now have a relationship relationship opened up and you can uh, talk with them. And the day camps are just perfect uh, for creating what we call the second day experience. They usually hear about them uh, at a church service or through a friend, and then they come and they spend time. And then when you get these people to come back the second day, um, because you are showing some of the video that you took and you're uh, having testimonies of some of the day camps, this is just a powerful, powerful way uh, to reach in and touch young families. You will grab hold of them uh, and connect with them in a way that is much different than just a singular, uh, a, a single service. And so um, l- let me get into some details here. A couple different things is, uh, sort of philosophy things here is, people love people who love kids. And I've, I've shared this with you often. It's the idea that if you love children and enjoy doing things with children, spending time with them and having fun with them and, and making provision for them. In other words, if, if your church like took time and built a really nice playground, People in the community would know that that's an expensive adventure and that you put a lot of stuff into it and that you truly love kids. You put your money where your mouth is. And the day camps are kind of like that. When you organize uh, a group of kids going up into the mountains or out into the wilderness or over to a park or off to a museum or, you know, over to the lake or the river or the state park or whatever it happens to be, when you put that together— as a church, and, and you have some advertising out, and there's some flyers out, and the word kind of gets out, there's something going on inside the heads of the people of the community. It's not that, oh, they just want people to come sit in their buildings so they can yell at them, uh, you know, <laughs> sit in their building and then take an offering so they can get their money, uh, you know, condemn them, or whatever. There is a whole different, like, wow, that church loves children. They're doing something for children. It's a, it's very similar to a food bank ministry. We have one of those as well. It creates a different attitude in your community when you give or reach out or do things for people rather than always having them come and partaking of your uh, you know standard event. So this idea of people loving people who love kids is just a, a very good little philosophy that's underlying there. And when you organize some day camps and you put some flyers out, and even when people can't come, they hear about it, they know about it, they are there's something that they recall and remember about your church that you are a church that gives rather than takes and this is a very a very very important thing so um, the gist of the day camps that makes them really unique is that you are now doing something different than just teaching many churches I mean have a you know Sunday school or vacation Bible school um, you know preaching services all that and there's a lot of like we stand here you sit there we talk to you 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 listen or whatever, and it's more of a, of a teaching type venue. Everybody in straight lines, and I'm going to teach you and tell you what's right and what's wrong. 
a experience like camp, whether it's day camp or, you know, typical week-long camps, is that you are now doing something in a longer venue, okay, many, many multiple hours, but you're also, because of that length, there's a lot of things that are going to be happening, and for the young people, what bonds them is that you share an adventure. You have shared something, and you have done something together. You know, years ago when they came out with like uh, uh, DVDs and some of that stuff, they thought that movie theaters would kind of go go out of business. Uh, movie theaters and all that, uh, you know, the large plays and venues and concerts, you can do all of that stuff and just listen to it in a set of earbuds. But why do people still go to large concerts or, you know, the symphonies or movie theaters or things like that? Why do they still do that? Because there is something special about sharing an adventure together. Together. And you're, you're kind of bo- you're bonded in a way, and you, it fulfills kind of a, a, a part of our humanness that God gave us. So we have times when we come back with a from a day camp, and we've had you know 30, 40, 50, 60 people out there, kids or whatever, and we're all going home. And I've had kids that I've hardly even interacted with, don't even really know them. The day camp is over, and before they run to get in their mom's car and tell them all about it and you know drive home, well, I've had these kids just kind of run up and just hug me and it's like i really don't hardly even know this child you know i don't have much relate but they they are like they they have done something together and it's just an amazing thing um just today uh i was uh saw one of the young ladies um little girl i mean like young lady like very young okay gotta be second grade something like that and two years ago, we went on a day camp together. So this girl would have been maybe five at that time. And we took her and her sister and her mom and her mom's mom. So grandma. So all three generations of girls from five to you know, probably well into the 50s. And we went in a cave and we crawled through a cave together and had an amazing experience. We had about 40 people uh, in this cave. And those two little girls were with it. And ever since then, those girls have been like this close to me. And I don't hardly know them very well at all. Um, They look a lot alike. I can't tell them apart sometimes. I have to kind of really think of what their names are. Um, But we've been able to minister to them because we shared an adventure together. And that is just one of the the coolest things that that a church can do is when you can actually do things together. Your church might have family camp experiences. You might have large picnics and other things like that. And there's always some type of a bonding there uh, because people remember. Maybe you had a church picnic and and you know you and a couple other guys you know played horseshoes together. And then every time you see them for the next few years, like hey, let's go throw some horseshoes. In other words, there's a there's a connection there. And that connection is healthy. It can be extremely healthy for a church. And a day camp is a way for you to get a connection with dozens and dozens of children and, of course, their parents uh, as well. And in the day camp stuff, we'll we'll teach you. And if you have any questions, you can, of course, uh, we can talk about that, uh, how to get moms and dads, you know, to to come to uh, the day camp. So for the children, the key for children is that you're really having this this shared adventure.
Now, the key for parents, and uh, we'll speak about parents that don't come, because parents that do come and would attend, you would have that shared adventure thing as well. But the key for parents that don't come is that you are moving into, when you're running a day camp, this outreach day camp, you are moving into a new category with parents. If you're their pastor, if you are their Sunday school teacher or whatever, those are some great relationships and they have their own sets of benefits are very, very powerful things uh, to have. But when you have gone on a 12-hour event for somebody with these kids uh, and spent time with these kids, you now, as with the parents' relationship, you are now in a new category, and that is that you are a trusted child care provider. Now, in America, in this day and age, the most trusted profession of everything out there, whether it's doctors or school teachers or politicians or lawyers or whatever you think it might be, uh, there's trust factors all the way there. Which one? Who do you trust the most? This one, that one, that one, whatever. At the top of the list, consistently over the years, is a child care provider, a babysitter. The person that you will leave your precious children with is the most trusted person that is out there in any type of profession. And when you as a church can add that to the resume, okay, of you giving them truth and you're visiting them in the hospital and you're loving on them as a pastor or as a Sunday school teacher would do, you have now added a huge big check mark uh, in your resume there of with those people because now they're looking at you in a different way. In fact, we've had people that have called us and said, hey, could you watch our kids for the weekend or could you? I mean, a lot of these families that we've interacted with, can my kids spend the night at your house with your kids? You know, because they are looking for someone they really trust. And that might be a new ministry you could start, the babysitting ministry. Have people all over to your house. Have a the pastoral slumber party. Have them all over. Yeah, that would be a blast. Um but anyway, uh, you have now you have now with it's a shared adventure with the kids, but it's a shared like responsibility with the adults. Um, it, it's this idea that you have actually you both have have done the same thing. You both have experienced these kids. You've seen them, and, and the reason that we we uh, the secret sauce to some of the day camp. Um, is to have a longer day camp. A lot of people try to, you know, shorten them up and and do them, you know, a couple hours, just go have fun or whatever. Um, that is not the the same. You won't get the same effect. You need to have them in the, you know, we we kind of recommend twelve hours. I mean, from eight in the morning till eight at night. Uh, you get the full cycle. Okay, you get the full thing because you get them. You get the kids when they're fresh. Okay, you get the kids when they're bored. You get the kids when they're angry. You get them when they're hot, when they're sweaty, when they're tired, when they're exhausted. You know, when they're frustrated with you as a leader. And parents deal with all of those every single day. And when you can experience all of those yourself. In, uh, in with a, with a child or a set of children, and you have sometimes you know a bunch of siblings there together. Man, those parents—they respect you like you would not believe. It just changes the way that parents respect you. They may respect you for the Bible, respect you for your church, respect you because you give them truth and all those things, but now they respect you because you have shared in the same experience they have. You have had their child for a whole entire 
system, you know, whole the whole cycle. Uh, years ago, we did a, a VBS, and we were way out of uh, town, probably about 50 miles out, and we were doing something. And I have a, a rule with the day camps, and, and uh, one of the rules that I have is that there's no electronic devices. You just, you know, you can't have a phone, you can't have an iPod, you can't have earbuds, you can't have all that stuff. We're not playing music. We're just going to interact as, as humans. And uh, so uh, we basically would take all those things and put them in a box and put them right up there in the front of our church van. And if they needed to take a picture or something, and we'd let them get the picture. And if their phone rang and it was an emergency, we could still, you know, get their um – uh, if the parents call, a lot of parents, you know, are freaking out. Like, my kid has to have his phone. And the p- kids are like, I have to have my phone. My mom might call. Uh, you know, so we just have in a box in the front. So halfway through this adventure, we're, we're driving out in a pasture, actually, at a ranch. And a kid pops out, you know, has some earbuds in and had an iPod of some sort. I was listening to uh, to some type of music, you know, and we stopped. I said, okay, give me the stuff, you know, and he's like, no. And I said, y- y- we have a deal here. I mean, we've already went through all these rules. We're going to put this in the box, and you're not going to have it anymore. Anyway, it was a very uh, tense moment there for about a dozen kids in that van as they watched me interact with a kid who was totally belligerent and uh, all that. Um to make a long story short, we, we got that and everything, you know, turned out okay. Um, I had a parent came up to me afterwards who was in the, the van with us and said, I would have taken that kid home just like that. He was totally disobedient. Next time that happens, if they're in my van or I'm in charge, we're going to take those kids home. <laughs> well, let me, I didn't get into it with that parents right there. I said, well, we'll talk later. But here is a situation. First of all, if you're 50 miles away, you just can't like break off and run a kid home. Okay. The second thing was I wanted to make sure, and this is the most important point I want to get you here right now. I want to make sure that I survived and made it through a child's belligerence and through his disobedience. Because I knew with the parents, I would gain the clout that I needed. So later on, when we got home, and by the way, when I dropped the kid off, he was all, everything was fine. Hey, thanks for a great time, Mr. Michael. We had a wonderful time. Dropped him and his sister off. And he took him, uh, took him to the house. I still remember the dad coming up to me, and he said, you had my kid for 12 hours. He says, you're my hero. Okay, he stuck his hand out. We shook hands. We are still highly involved with that family, and this was 10, 12 years ago uh, that we that we had that. Um, folks, the idea of sharing that experience of being with kids. Parents, if if you deal with a disobedient child and you're, you know, navigating all those things of how to, to do that. They can't send their kid, and, and I told this to the to the staff people later because we did a debrief afterwards and we talked very lengthy about it. I said, we are not sending kids home. I said, that is not part of it because we are wanting to win these parents and we're wanting to go the cycle with everybody here. It's not about our convenience, about how things are smooth with us. It's about us winning these parents over. And when we shared that experience, and now I've shared that experience with that 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 man, I still see him around town. Uh, his kids are grown now and gone out of the house. But they they are... I mean, we're we're still close, okay, because of that singular experience there. So day camps can be this powerful, powerful experience 
where the kid is bonding with you because you guys have shared the adventure together, and the parents then are bonding with you because you have shared the responsibility and shared, you know, that whole, uh, <laughs> in this case, an adventure, uh, an adventure there too. So uh, that is a, sort of an underlying thing with the, with the day camp that we have. Um, and we would, of course, deal with discipline things later and talk with kids later if there was major issues. And we're not going to have a safety issue where someone pulls a knife. We're going to, you know, we're going to make sure we take care of, uh, and we've had that, by the way, too. Um, you know, we're going to take care of all those uh, those kind of things. We're going to make sure everyone's safe and secure, but we're going to make it all the way through with this kid. And that is what changes everything is when you start to become the child care provider and you have shared the experience with the child and the responsibility of the parent. And that does not come as a Sunday school teacher. That does not come in a vacation Bible school. It does not come on a couple hours on a Sunday uh, when they are in a junior church or Sunday school or preaching hour. That comes through an outreach day camp style ministry or summer camp style ministry. And we wanted to have that. And I want to urge you to figure out a way to run these day camps. Now, often we get the question, how many of these do you run? Because these are these are totally exhausting. And uh, you can run a lot of them. There's many, many ways to do it. We do not do it every day of the week, you know, for one week, and then it's done for the summer. What we do is we do uh, a set of day camps in every month of the summer. So we have a set of June day camps, a set of July day camps, and a set of August day camp. So that's basically how we do it. We used to do them all on one day and it got to be the logistics. We got, uh, and I know this would be exciting for you. You will have more kids sign up for some of these things than what you practically can handle. It is a neat thing to have a lot of people want to come and be with you for 12 hours. Uh, it is a powerful thing for a minister uh, and his staff to be able to have that. But if you promote these properly and you get a little momentum going on them, you'll have a lot of people show up. So we were running. We had a few that got into the 60 and 70. I think we probably had 80 on one day camp. And the, and they're all riding in vehicles. We had church, a couple church vans, uh, uh, you know, a couple 15-passenger vans, and then a bunch of suburban and stuff. Uh, and oh my, it got to be the logistics of it got to be uh, crazy. So we split it in half and now we have about 30, 35 each time we do it. And that number is good. You can get everybody in and out of a vehicle in this, you know, the amount of time that you need. Uh, you know, we would stop and do a bathroom break with 70 or 80 people and it would take, you know, 45 minutes just to, uh, to use the bathroom. I mean, it was a bad, uh, a bad situation. So we split it up and made it a little bit smaller. So let me go through just a couple of the, uh, you know, the basics here, a couple of the concepts um, that are involved. And uh, again, there are some other venues here where we're teaching the actual how-tos and the nitty-gritty. I'm not getting into all the, the nitty-gritty on this particular uh, thing. Uh, you'll see some of the other resources uh, that we have that have some of that. So uh, the concepts. The first one uh, that I want to mention is the idea of long, okay? And I've already really kind of rang that bell for you. It is a long time. The longer, the better. Uh, at least make it eight hours. At least go from, you know, nine till, you know, five or six in the afternoon. If you can do a meal, if you can catch a, a lunch and a supper in there, you get two meals, you get the full cycle on all of that. But the longer, the better on this. Uh, we like to meet at our church
church at eight in the morning. We do an orientation, and by the time everybody's orientated, and we got bug spray on everybody and water bottles for everybody, and double check their lunch and make sure they've got everything. We're not getting out of the church till you know almost nine o'clock, and then we are returning after a, uh, a kind of a hot dog meal about six thirty seven seven thirty something like that. Um, after we have a campfire service and uh, some stuff uh, along that line. So we are basically pushing the 12-hour package, but try to get it as long as you can. The other thing that makes it good is travel. And uh, there are some places, some churches have the ability to do day camps or do a big adventure camp right on your own church property. Wonderful if you have all that. But the idea of traveling and going from place to place to place, multiple places, is much more family-oriented and kind of fits with the way a family works. So you load everybody up, and what we do is we have a couple of different church vans we've used. We've used our town van, uh, and they can have, you know, I think it's 15-passenger vehicle there. So we've been able to kind of get quite a few in like three bigger bigger vehicles and then from there um, we have some trusted people that drive and they have their own car so these would be like our church staff people and they have a suburban or something or minivan that seats six or seven or eight or you know something along that line um, we like to travel we like to be out there driving some uh, with gas prices going to be a challenge as it always is we don't uh, church doesn't pay for any of the gas we let people um uh, do all that themselves uh, as sort of their their service. So we all load up. We have some rules, okay? So whoever is in charge of the, the driver is in charge of what goes on in that vehicle. So there's, and we tell them ahead of time, no radios and no, you know, phones and stuff like that, because we want people talking and interacting and and all that type of stuff which brings me to the next one is uh not only is this kind of a long thing and has a lot of travel but it's mixed in other words we mix up the people we have assigned seating and put different people with different now we'll put a bunch of girls that don't maybe know each other in a van with a grandma who's driving or something uh so nothing's inappropriate um but we try to take some of the loner people and put them in with other people, and we just kind of really spend some time thinking who is going to be where in the vehicles, even in the 15-passenger vans. Like, okay, you guys are in the back, you're in the middle, you're in the next one, you know, and we're up front. Uh, so we try to have a good mix of everything, and we intentionally try to put, you know, we break up brothers and sisters so you don't have that competition. You break up sometimes friends or whatever, and we put a little mark on the back of their hand there in the the T vehicle or the A vehicle or whatever it happens to be. So we're able to uh, do that. And we don't let them switch on the way home. Now, lots of times we get pushback on this right off the beginning and uh, people are like, oh, I want to be with my friend. I want to do that. And, and if they're friends and they like invited a friend, we try to put them together so that they can have that shared adventure. But there are lots of times when, and you probably know who they are in your church, that you need to break up the friends. They do not need to be together and cousins or, or whatever. So um, we split them up purposely. We also put different adults in different vehicles. And this turns out to be, and if you're going to have uh, parents come along uh, and, and visit on the trip as well many times you can have a single mom who just is just filled with questions about raising little children she can be in a vehicle with a grandma an experienced godly grandma and you are building these tremendous uh, tremendous relationships so 
a couple of years ago, we were doing one, and and uh, we're all hopping the church van. I was driving the van, had a guy with me, kind of first time guy, and uh, a dad who uh, just needed to spend some time with me. In other words, I got to spend a lot of time talking to him about the things of the Lord and all that. But his kid was in the back with us. Uh, in fact, his kid might have actually been in a different vehicle, you know. But I had him uh, be my sort of my logistics guy. So when we'd stop, we'd count vehicles and count kids, make sure everyone was there. So I had a good reason for having this guy there. But uh, part we, we weren't, uh, yeah, we weren't two miles from the church, and someone's like, turn the radio on. It's like, you know, he was reaching. I said, no, 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 we're not going to turn radio on. We don't, we don't do that. And he's like, well, can't we just listen to some tunes? I said, no, no, we're we're good here. Yeah, you just wait. So we get going, and we're not, you know, down the road, you know, 10, 15, 20 miles. And especially by the end of the day, we kept. I kept saying, listen, you hear it? And they are back there chattering and, you know, yakking and having a great time. They're all building friendships with each other. They're talking about things. And if you have a, a, a good teenager, and we use our teenagers as workers, um, if you have a good teenager who's good at kind of, you know, including people and, hey, tell me the funniest thing that happened to you. And, you know, pretty soon that you have a really good set of conversation going and you are creating friendships. Now, God uses friendships in a great way in a person's life, and it is so, so important for us as churches to do what we can to provide good friendships. In fact, every mom and dad that visits your church when they're walking down the sidewalk getting ready to come into your church, they are hoping that that church that they're walking into is going to provide good friends for their children. That is what is going through their mind. And so how can we satisfy that? Not by playing the radio and, you know— but by making sure that we create a venue where good friendships start to happen. So the idea of long and travel and uh, mixed everything up. And then this idea that I wrote here, too, is just the idea of relational. What we're trying to get done on a day camp is build strong relationships. These kids then will come back and go, hey, remember that? When we were throwing rocks in the water, remember that bird? Remember blah, 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 all the different things that happen, they're going to be talking and building relationships, and you are also going to be building relationships with parents that come along. I want to jump into and just mention something about how we do parents because this is a, a, a big part of our ministry. Uh, we believe that families come as a whole, okay? I mean, moms, dads, kids, they're all, they're all part of the thing, and we want to minister to all of them. So this is not a, something that parents are not allowed to come in. It is actually something that we promote, and now there's times when we have just so many moms and dads that want to be with their kids. And for many children uh, or uh, parents and families, uh, for them to do some type of thing like to go up and an adventure and go out and eventually build a campfire and we cook a hot dog on a stick kind of a thing. Um, every single mom in America wants to cook a hot dog on a stick with their kid. They want them to have that experience because they've had that experience and it was a powerful thing for them. They want to do marshmallows and s'mores and, and some of that. So we provide that, and we the kids actually pay for our day camps because we have these beautiful shirts that we do, and uh, we provide the evening thing. They bring a sack lunch, but we provide the evening hot dogs and all that. But the parents get to come for free. And uh, so this makes it easier for a single mom who's got like three kids to not have to have that extra expense of herself. And she's able to come, and we have her uh, strategically – sit with uh, some of the other ladies in our church 
and again, build that meaningful conversation, that godly example type of thing is going on, and we are trying to get relationships going on. We also, many times during the day, we have people grouped together, and we take group photos. And the idea of being in a group photo with something, somehow, again, it's sort of that shared experience. There's all a, a, a wonderful relationship. It's like, all right, everyone squeeze in here. Raise your hands. Ah, you know, say something funny. Make a face. You know, and we take some great pictures. Or if we're, like, doing some adventure kind of thing where they're walking across a log across a, a thing, we try to, you know, get some good pictures of that, too. And it just builds those relationships later because we can – the picture are there to continue to stimulate that the emotions of being on a day camp, of being with good friends, you know. And you notice, like, when you watch a, a video or pictures of a of a birthday party, you know, with a special loved one is there, you know, your friends or relatives come in, you go, oh, that was so much fun. When you go back and look at things three or four, five, six, seven years later, it is going to help build and bond that relationship. We then, with these photos, we take a, a lot of a lot of pictures, and uh, we put together a little slideshow, and we always show it on the Sunday after church. And there are some many examples that we have available for you of, of those slideshows. Um, we show those after church, and people just or during church, in place of like an offertory, uh, people just absolutely love those. They want a copy of it, and we show it every year. In fact, uh, we recently showed one at a church. And it was 10 years ago. It was a 10-year-old day camp. And a couple of the key families are still sitting in our church. And now their children are graduating from high school. And we're looking like, look how small they were. Look at all that. But they are still there in church because we have built those relationships. So a day camp is a relational event. Okay, One of the things that, that is different about a day camp than, a, than summer camp Many of the summer camps have really defined times of, of preaching and teaching, and, you know, you're going to be discipled this way and discipled that way. And our day camps, we take some opportunity. We have some teachable moments that we use, and we do some uh, little teaching tidbits kind of throughout. But we do not have a great big sit-down, I'm going to teach you, you know, for 45 minutes uh, type of a, a thing. Many times we do the emphasis on creationism and God. God made, we do God made Wyoming and God made me. Let's all say that. God made Wyoming. God made me. Uh, you know, so we go through and I show some pictures of different things and who made, you know, Old Faithful, who made the Yellowstone Falls, who made all these different things. You know, the Lord made these things and he made you and I too. And we're going to go see something here in just a few minutes. I want you to start to think of all the things that God made. So when we get to the edge of that waterfall or that lake or whatever, I, what I'll do is stop, talk with the kids. And we'll do these teachable moments and say, what all has God made here? And it is really interesting to get the children's observations of what all God has made. So it is a different type of teaching in that way. Now, we have people that do day camps when they actually sit down and you know teach a lesson out of Luke chapter 11 or whatever. And, and that, is, that is fine, and those are some good things to do. We just haven't done a, as much of that. We've had much more testimony and uh, God has answered prayers and, you know, what does God do? 
doing in your life, we sit around the campfire and have some good uh, discussion uh, along that line. So it is a relational thing. It's what we call an acquisition event where we acquire a new kid, acquire a new family, build them up, and then we're able to uh, reach out to them further. So um, those are uh, sort of the things. Let me give you the key elements here of, of what is going on. First of all, we have an orientation, uh, you know, where we kind of make sure everybody, uh, you know, has all their stuff that they should have and things that they shouldn't have. Um, we always go to another key element is we always try to go to a playground. Uh, and we found that if you take the kids from this town and go to the playground in the next town over or, you know, different towns, uh, you know, uh, locations, that they'll play for an hour and have absolutely a blast. Uh, they have a wonderful time, and that allows the parents to do some bonding and hook together. Uh, so we always try to get a playground. And almost all playgrounds, um, you know, in America today have some bathrooms associated with them, which is one of the things that is really key. If you're taking a lot of people around, you really need to kind of and we always go out and we scout the day camps ahead of time so we know where we're going we're going from here to there to there to there to there to there to there and then back to the church um and we know which of those we can cut out if we end up getting rain. We're not going to go to that one. Uh, if we need to hustle home uh, for whatever reason, we can skip this one and get to that one. We can always have the campfire at the park near our church, but we'd really like to have the campfire out there in the hills by the creek. And, uh, you know, so we kind of have it all planned out ahead of time. Um, but we make sure we go to a uh, find some type of playground. We find uh, where the bathrooms are. We have uh, those. Uh, and then we also have all sorts of different stuff stops uh you know so in other words we stop at several places just to read a historical sign we stop and throw rocks in the river i have a girl i just saw her a couple days ago um probably eight years ago at a day camp i taught her how to skip a stone you know throwing a stone across the water taught her how to do that just a couple days ago she's probably junior in high school now um i was over at their house uh helping out with something and she said Mr. Mike, give me a hug. You know, it's like, okay, you know, you know how it is, those side hugs you do at church, you know. So, uh, but yeah, she, we're still very close because she's like, you taught me how to skip a rock, you know. It was just really kind of, it's kind of a cool experience. So we have many, many stops where we do things. We'll read some signs or we'll do some uh, bizarre things that they've never done before. And uh, I'll give you one as an example. Um, this one is, this, and you'll think, why? Why am I doing this with these kids? But they will never forget it. So <clears throat> we, we've scouted all these out ahead of time. So you're out on some country road, and you find that there's like a bridge or a big culvert. And I have found many times that there's the big culverts, and they're about as big as a room. You know, they're like eight feet tall. We've actually got out and got down under the highway and gone under the road and come out the other side through the culvert. And the culverts are, in the summer, they're nice and cool, and they usually have frogs jumping around, and the kids get to do that. So we're going to, hey, we're going to take a little break. Everyone, oh, let's go through the culvert. Let's come out the other side, you know. And then eventually we all load back up. And I like to do it on a deserted road where there's not any traffic or whatever. But you would not believe the amount of kids that, that talk about, you know, their favorite thing was going through the culvert, you know, because they've never ever done that before and we do a lot of family oriented type things things you do if you were just a dad so you're basically just kind of being a mom and a dad out there with these kids so there's many many stops and so think of all the little things that you can uh, do some stops at um, <clears throat> we have another thing and and 
I've had people that run day camps that violate this one. I won't say violate, they just do it different. But we don't do sports. We don't do typical, you know, like we're going to play softball, we're going to go to another town, play softball or soccer or whatever. I know that's an easy way to chew up some time. Um, we just found that we, we can do that on regular youth activities, and we can do that on teen, you know, teen activities, middle school activities. We've done kids' activities where we do sports. We do relays with our vacation Bible school. We do sports all the time. Day camps, we just don't do sports, but we do throw rocks, and we do, um, we do have like, you know, frisbee throwing and, you know, sort of those individually kind of things. We've, we've uh, done some of that. Um, but we don't do typical sports because we found that kids will find something to do one of the things that is always one of the, the funnest things to do is you find a little creek, you know, that's like about that wide or whatever, and everybody grabs a stick and you throw it in and you race the boats, you know, down to a to a stop point. And, and we have done that for hours. We have raced boats on little tiny creeks, and those kids absolutely, absolutely love it. So I'd rather have them racing boats and playing in the creek and skipping stuff stones and and uh you know sometimes we will have contests like go catch a frog to get the biggest frog we've had to go see and find the biggest leaf you know like they go out and find the big leaves that are growing somewhere uh we've done like measuring a tree we gave them all tape measure and we'll see how far it is around a tree and see if you can find the biggest tree uh you know we've done some some things along that line but we haven't done traditional uh traditional stuff we've always kept it family type of things and then we've always taken a lot of pictures so everybody around the tree, you know, let's all pretend like we're pushing the tree over and, uh, you know, take a picture. And, you know, a couple of years later, they're watching. They go, remember when we pushed the tree over? Uh, they just, you know, they love that kind of stuff. So um, those are some of the, the main elements to it, okay, uh, the main elements. Now, there's a couple uh, things that we try to do. We try to have like a, an anchor venue. In other words, there's kind of a larger thing you're going to do, a park where there's a, you know, maybe a, a museum nearby and there's bathrooms and you can hang out uh we sometimes we're going to hike to a stream we're going to pick wildflowers somewhere we're going to a variety of different places you can always have some type of an anchor venue there um you know so that sort of the main thing where are we going we're going to go up in the mountains we're going to go to the uh, uh we have out here where we live, um, we have abandoned what they call abandoned tie camps. It's back when they built the Transcontinental Railroad, uh, you know, 100 and some years ago. Uh, they went up in the mountains and cut railroad ties and threw them all in the creek, and they all floated down to the river, and then they, you know, built the railroad tracks with them. Well, there's these old log cabins in these old tie towns, so we've gone out to those tie towns and just had a blast. In fact, at the last tie town we were at, we started, we found wild strawberries. The strawberries are about that big, and uh, we had a wonderful time, uh, but that was sort of our anchor venue is going out to. So when parents say, what are you doing? Oh, we're going to go up to such and such a reservoir. We're going to go up to the old museum. We're going to go up, you know, into the mountains and look at this or look at that uh go to the state park and and do something we're going to go to uh you know the fossil beds or you know there's all sorts of different things you can do and if you need help figuring out what to do um you contact me i'll get on i'll get on uh, google and look around your area and we will help you plan your day camp out and get that done so we always have this anchor venue and then we have the probably the other most important thing is we have what we call a cooking venue and that is a place where we can have a uh, a fire and we like to have a campfire where we cook hot dogs and do s'mores and that it just it's something special about it sure you could have someone cook the hot dogs yes there'd be a lot of different ways you could do it 
but don't do that. Let the kids cook their own hot dogs. You know, some of them are going to burn them to black crisp. Some of them are going to not cook them very good at all. They're going to have them fall on the fire, but they are going to remember that experience forever. And so you let them cook hot dogs. One thing we've added to this that you may or may not be able to do is um, we cut that we cut our own sticks for cooking. Now some of my uh, my uh, church people are like, oh, we have all these little metal pokers and we'll bring these and they're all sanitized and all that. It's like nothing better than a stick, okay? So we go down to the creek and we have a couple of adults with the pocket knives and they cut the sticks and we shave the junk off the end of them, the bark, and then the kids get the sticks and they get the uh, if they're old enough, cut their own stick or at least sharpen the end of it um, with a pocket knife there, and that's a whole new experience for them as well and some of them have you know old dead sticks that when you put it in the fire it catches on fire right away and they learn that doesn't work you need a green stick and there's just so many cool things that happen uh, when you do this at the cooking environment uh, so we have hot dogs and we have not much else I mean you know some of the ketchup and some of that sometimes we'll have watermelon uh, occasionally we have some little bags of the individual bags of chips and make it just a real simple meal and we have maybe some Kool-Aid or lemonade in a cooler and we you know carry that to the place and and uh, you know and we have had some cooking venues which have not been really official cooking venues. I mean, we've done it at, at parks before, and they had the you know the little pedestal grill there, but we had to cook all these things, and we didn't have any charcoal. So we, like, built a fire right on a pedestal, and everybody's cooking hot dogs right in a, on a barbecue grill, and we're just picking up sticks from around the park, and they're like, I didn't know you could build a fire and do that. You know, so a lot of adventure and a lot of things here, but the, the, the couple main venues there are the anchor venue and then the cooking venue. Uh, those are some you want to think and make sure that you've got bathrooms and plenty of running water, uh, things along that line. So a uh, couple last things that I have in my notes here uh, that is something is you do not have to have a super tight schedule uh, for these things. Um, you have to let kids play. They love to play and uh, you can turn them loose at a playground and probably be there for two hours you can go to the side of a creek or you know some place where you're cooking and you can let them play and they will have a wonderful wonderful time so it doesn't have to be you know we got 15 minutes of this and 15 minutes of that it does not have to be heavily managed these things and there's times when the kids are playing and me and the staff we're all just sitting you know back on a park bench and just watching them have a blast and we're like oh this is the this is a the life they're gonna have this ministry they're never going to forget this day and we're really not doing that much we're just kind of watching them and we monitor make sure they're safe and all that uh, the other thing i put is uh, let them talk let them have a communication and talk to each other and just really and this something happens on the vehicles and the way back and back and forth as they create some some friendship there you don't have to always be singing camp songs or and those are fun you can do that too if you if you have someone that's good at at leading some of that but we'll find that they talk and what is interesting too that happens on a day camp a very powerful thing is that we have um, a a 
many times in, in our world, okay, your world too, we seclude kids. In other words, we have Sunday school for the second and third graders, and then we have middle school, and then we have adults over here. And, and the, you know, they don't necessarily interact in a spiritual environment. But to have kids sit down next to adults and start to ask questions and start to talk. And when you go around and you start to talk and you sit down, like, what do you got there? It's like, oh, I got a caterpillar. And, you know, they're playing with their butt. You start to, as an adult, to, to communicate with them. That doesn't happen in church too often. It happens a little bit with parents. And most pastors are pretty good at, like, talking to the little kids, you know, that are around their church afterwards. They see them and spend time with them. But they don't do a uh, – there's not a, a lengthy venue or there's not, uh, like say, some of the interest, you know, oh, I'm – Tell me about what what do you think that is? That's a grasshopper. No, that's a cricket. No, that's a, you know. And you're talking about things and you're just interacting with the children. Um, that is a wonderful, wonderful experience that doesn't happen. So let them play and let them talk. And the last one I have here is let them be exhausted. And uh, when we drive home, probably one of the greatest things when day camp is over because if our cooking venue is like an hour away and we have to like drive that hour back to uh, where the church and the parents are, you know what happens to every one of those kids. Man, they've been running around. They've been in fresh air. They've been exercising more than they normally exercise. They've been yakking more than they normally yak, and they are falling asleep. And I have some of the best photos where um, we've got pictures of kids just, you know, passed out and falling asleep. And there's a level of contentment with that that is really good. And again, there's the parents are like, you got my kid when he was cranky, you know, and you got my kid when he was exhausted. You have been with them all the way through, and that is a powerful, powerful thing. So all of this is part of this idea here of aiming towards a demographic. And again, I want to reiterate the idea that we aim towards a demographic. These are, are the elementary age kids. These are kids from kindergarten through uh, basically, you know, sixth grade. Our middle schooler and high schoolers, we have them help at the day camp. It is not made for them. They don't bring extra friends usually. They are helpers, and we put a vest on them. We give them these little fluorescent vests, and we tell them, if you're a middle schooler, high schooler, you'd like to come, you can come, but you're going to be, you're going to work hard for me, and you're going to help, you know, get the kids back and forth in and out of the vehicles. You're going to help, uh, you know, go to the bathroom with these kids, you know, monitor that. You're going to help me carry food or whatever, and when I say jump i want you to say how high and uh you know so these kids get to serve in a different element it is not quite theirs now many times when i'm scouting the day camps i will take some of those teenagers with me uh you know the day before the week before and i'll take a group of teenage guys say hey you want to go scout day camp we're gonna be going all day long and we're gonna have a blast and i'll take them with and then i get to interact with them and they can bring a friend and we get to minister that way but all of our uh our aim is more towards the elementary age moms and dads and then we do everything we can uh, again to reach out and communicate with those parents we take a lot of photos afterwards we go knock on their door and say hey i got pictures of your kid uh you know can i show you the kid and you do that later you know a couple days later and if you put all the photos like on a some type of ipad or something and you go to their house and you just show them you sit down in their living room and you're just showing them all the stuff and the kids are right there uh let me say something you will win some families uh to you and then uh, you'll be able it's 
kind of like giving a cup of cold water in Jesus' name, uh, that concept. You'll be able to do that, and parents will have tremendous respect for you, and then you'll be able to spend some time uh, showing them the things of God, teaching them the gospel, and helping them in so many ways. So anyway, these are the Adventure Day Camps, and they are powerful things. There are many other resources that we have available uh, that will go along and show you exactly how to do this, some of the uh, the musical things that we do afterwards, the slideshows and some of that. Uh, but I want to just kind of share my heart and kind of give you sort of the bigger, uh, sort of a bigger picture of how we do this. So thank you so much for being with us here uh, through this uh, little uh, coaching type event. And we will see you on the very next one that we're doing. God bless you. We'll catch you later.